Hey guys, we've recently partnered with the social media platform Go Wild to combat mainstream social media censorship. If you're tired of having your hunting and outdoor posts taken down and flagged, be sure to check out Go Wild, which was built by outdoorsmen and women just like you. Go Wild is a free social community. Not only are your photos not censored, but they are also encouraged on Go Wild. Go Wild gives you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. As you earn more points, you unlock awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, knives, and huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. Oh, and if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. Use code HTW to receive 10% off your order today. Download Go Wild at GoWild.com or in the App Store. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Hunt the Wild podcast. I'm your host Adam Bolds and today I'm joined with Kurt Box. Uh, he's a, a Texas native, I believe, lived in Arizona a little bit, kind of lived all over uh, the country. Um, how you doing tonight, Kurt? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, we've been talking for a while. I'm excited to record this podcast. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Kurt's, uh, Kurt's sipping on some not sure what he's sipping on. Actually, he's got a he's got a koozie around it. I don't. Maybe he's trying to hide it. He might be underage no, no, no. or something. No, 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 no. <laughs> silver, silver tasties, Coors lattes. You Coors know what I'm lattes. saying? <laughs> so, um, can you just kind of introduce yourself and tell everybody a little bit about you so they can get to know you, and then uh, we're gonna dive into some of these hunting questions. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, um, Kurt Box, I'm 28. Been hunting for little while now uh got into archery hunting probably seven eight years ago uh really ran with it uh was hunting in arizona for about eight years and recently moved back to texas in october uh so adjusting back from public land to private land uh and the rest you know we'll keep it for the podcast you gotta gotta stay tuned for that (laughs) So tell everybody kind of how you got introduced into hunting. Tell us all where it kind of started. Did you start out um, maybe hunting with an uncle or a dad or something, doing small games? Did you dive straight into bow hunting? How'd that kind of all play out, and um, how'd you find out about hunting? Yeah, so uh, my family is huge into hunting, especially my grandpa, uh, who who isn't with us anymore, but, you know, he lived a full life tons of hunting, tons of fishing, uh, crazy stories, but he's the one that really got me into it. And my family is more of anglers, uh, really big into fishing and, you know, I enjoyed it. Uh, but hunting was more where my passion lied and shot a couple of does with a rifle and then pretty much after that was wanting to get straight into archery. I thought rifle was just too easy. So um, you mentioned your family being pretty uh, into fishing and stuff. Mm -hmm. Is there something that draws you more to hunting than fishing? Is it more of the, I know, I know hunting is a little more active. I know you do Mm -hmm. sit a lot, but is it more of the kind of the adventure of it or 
Um, what's what's the reason, I guess, that so, you like hunting more than fishing? This, I guess everyone has their own opinion, but I just think there is more hunting opportunities than fishing, which some people may think I'm crazy for saying that, but I was living in Arizona for eight years, like I said, and I was in Southern Arizona where it's like, they had like small cattle ponds that had fish, but it was like shooting monkeys in a barrel, man. It was just like, it, I don't know. It wasn't real. Uh, so it just really pushed me more to hunting when I lived there. Um, but I mean, we had boats growing up. Uh, we lived on a lake for a little bit growing up. And so a lot of freshwater fishing and my dad actually pulled more into the saltwater fishing cause he lives in Corpus Christi. Um, but I was always into bass fishing and then my whole family was just into fishing. So I just wanted to be a little different, but still enjoy the outdoors. So, uh, this kind of just popped in my head, but do you have anybody in your family? I know you said that you're, you were more into bass fishing, but mm -hmm. do you have any, anyone in your family or maybe your friends that are just like strictly bass fishermen, like just a crazy bass fisherman yeah, yeah. person? So, so yeah. I, I always had this question, um, or something that I've noticed, I'm more of a, a fish to keep kind of guy. Okay. Like it's not very often that I'm going to, you know, as long as it's legal and everything, it's not very often mm -hmm. that I'm going to catch like a, a four or five pound bass and throw it back. I'm, I'm more like keeping it. What's mm -hmm. with, uh, and maybe you're this way, but what's with people, uh, catch and release bass. How come guys are so anti eating bass that are bass fishermen? So it's actually really crazy. Uh, I've always heard like bass or trash fish, but hmm. my family sees catfish as trash fish. And I mean, I don't think any, any wildlife is like trash, you know, if it's edible, it's edible. Clearly you're not out here eating coyotes, but uh, <laughs> some, some people might, no, please don't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I just kind of grew up. If it wasn't a nice bass, you threw it back. Uh, you know, anything less than 12 inches, we kind of just toss back. Uh, but my father-in-law, he lives in Canandaigua, New York. No, he lives in Livonia, New York. The lake is called Canandaigua. And uh, they also fish over at Canisius Lake. I went up there this past August, and I caught a, quite a few nice bass. And I went to go throw one back and he was offended. He's like, no, no, no. We have a fish fry every year. Like you keep those. I was like, okay. Um, so I, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't truly have an answer. Um, bass fishing was more fun to me, not for the food and hunting yeah. was more for the food to me. So maybe that's why I kind of lean more towards hunting than fishing. Uh, but I've done both, you know. I think uh, maybe a lot of that has to do with what other fish are available in your area too. Like, yeah. um, like here we think like around where I fish at, it's um, crappie, bluegill, and bass. Like I, mm -hmm. you don't really tell a whole big difference once you fry them up. But like I would say, a carp is more of a, I'll put this in quotes, like a trash fish. But maybe mm -hmm. like if you lived um, on the ocean and you had. Um, whatever it is that you eat out of the ocean, big, nice, fancy fish, maybe you'd be more yeah. apt to throw a bass I mean, back because it's maybe yeah, less. We, yeah, we caught a couple of really nice redfish, which, I mean, you can see on, like, 
uh, Instagram and stuff. We've caught a really bunch of really nice redfish and red drum when we lived in Florida and uh, stuff like that. But uh, really funny sidetrack. Like the first time my dad and I moved to Florida, uh, we caught a stingray. And oh. we're like, we're in a bass boat, like a West Texas, like 19 foot bass boat. And we're out in the bay. We had no business being there. And we're fishing. We catch and we're just fighting really hard to pull up. And it gets to the surface and we catch a stingray. We're like looking around, like, what do we do with this thing? Like, yeah. We're not from here. We don't know what to do with this. So, what'd you do with it? Uh, well, <laughs> my dad and I were both honestly like scared of it because we didn't know anything about salt water. So, we line. just got as, yeah, we just got as close to his mouth and we we're like trying to get the hook out, but it started like throwing its. Yeah uh tail around and we didn't want to mess with that so we just cut as close to his mouth as we could which i know that's probably not ethical and some people may trash us for that but that was uh that was our first experience saltwater fishing and so. you might get uh you might uh get steve Irwin. isn't that what happened to steve <laughs> Irwin? didn't he get uh didn't he get whacked by a so like i said because of you uh, we were talking before because of you we made a uh, american country outdoors made a tiktok and uh my wife and i on our honeymoon went swimming in uh turks and caicos and we were swimming over uh stingrays and that's like the first thing i said i was like <laughs> cover my heart i don't want to get steve Irwin. yeah yeah that's uh i mean it makes sense being kind of um maybe scared's not the right word but not really knowing how to handle something like that mm -hmm. when you don't grow up around it because i would be the same way i i have no idea if those things uh, swim super fast and get me can they bite yeah. me I, I really you know you got to be kind of cautious um so so living in texas can you kind of talk about the variety of opportunities mm -hmm. um there is kind of to hunt in the state and uh maybe some of the most popular <clears throat> things that people hunt down in texas yeah so i'll start off by saying uh i i am uh i know we'll probably cover this later but uh I'm a disabled veteran, so I actually get free license. Mm -hmm. But for in-state, I believe it's only $25 for an in-state uh, license, which comes with four deer tags, a couple turkey tags, and two mule deer tags. And for out-of-state, you get all of that for only $300. Now, with that being said, you can also put in for our public land hunts. Uh, there's a couple of them that are walk-in public land exotics covering axis, Audad, stuff like that for $40. So you can come here and hunt axis deer, Audad deer, all of that for $340 as an out-of-stater uh, on public land. Um, and then that's just over-the-counter hunts. We have draw hunts as well, but those are only $3, $3 to put in for Wow. So you buy your license, put in for your hunts, uh, and if you don't get drawn, you do get bonus points. <clears throat> and most of them are only two to three bonus points to get a tag, uh, whether you're in-state or out-of-state. So, I mean, for pretty fair price, you can hunt all types of wildlife. Uh, and we do have public land. Uh, I would say it's limited, but I only say that because coming from Arizona where every direction you look is public land. Um, so yeah, you can, you can hunt here for a pretty fair price, honestly, and hunt exotics, whitetail, mule deer, 
you name it, hogs. Uh, I actually got some access to hunt hogs for pretty much free. I just had to fill the guy's corn feeder every three weeks and I get to hunt hogs on his property for free. Um, and then come turkey season, he said, if I see a turkey, I can take one as well. That doesn't sound like too bad of a deal. No, not at all. Not at all. And I met him, I met him on Facebook, man. Uh, I hate social media, but at the same time, you can't <laughs> hate it because I mean, it put us in touch, put yeah. me and that guy in touch. Uh, so many connections out there on social media. Yeah. I hear a lot of people say they hate social media and I, um, years ago used to be that way. I mm-hmm. hate social media, not going to be on anything, but um, I think it kind of boils down to how you use it. If you use it yep. in a negative way, if you use it in a positive way. So um, we're using it kind of to reach out and, and share this hunting stuff with each other and meet each other. And yeah, definitely um, se- se- seems to be working out. Okay. For now. Um, so I guess let's pretend I'm going to come to Texas. Um, and, and I just met you on the street. I don't know you mm-hmm. anything. You're not going to yep. do me any favors. Um and I say, I'm going to come down to Texas, but I only have, you know, a few days to hunt. I, I want to make sure I come home with something. Um, what would you recommend maybe that, that I go after so I can kind of be successful? What, what would be something easy to come down there and uh, fill a tag on? I mean, you can kill a white-tailed doe uh, anywhere, pretty much. Uh, public land, you could probably knock on some doors and get some access pretty quickly. Uh they're, they're everywhere. Uh, my mom just drove out to see us and she hit a white tailed doe in her rental car, uh, <laughs> yesterday. So, I mean, they're just everywhere. It is ridiculous, but I mean, if you get on social media, there's tons of Facebook groups and stuff like that. And you just start contacting people or just reach out and be real. Um, this is what I hope to accomplish. People are, for the most part, pretty nice in the hunting community, right? Like we do have some bad seeds, just like a motorcycle group. Like they get a bad rap because of one or two bad dudes. Like it's the same thing. The hunting community is good for the most part. And someone's going to help you. Someone's going to reach out. You know, I try to reach out to people uh, and help them if they post. But a, but a white-tailed deer uh, doe is very easy to get. Um, and then next I would say, you know, a decent – decent white tail buck. Uh, and if you can get, if you can get on private, I mean, depending on where you're at, you're, you're in the money for some access deer, even, uh, hunting for, you don't even need tags for access. You just need a license. Um, as many as you can kill, you can take home and they are good eating. Really? Yep. So I've never been to Texas, but I've heard a lot about, um, Texas being very, lots of private land, not a whole mm-hmm. lot of public. Yep. Is there, is there, um, is there very much public or am I misinformed? And no, is it pretty, I'm... is it pretty packed when you go, go on it? Or, uh, I, I imagine it's probably not like Arizona where it's a little more vast. So there are a couple of good units that I know of in Texas where if you have a kayak or a boat, you are going to be, pretty alone out there and it's going to be good hunting uh there's not tons of public land there, there is some don't get me wrong there's lots of dove leases where you can hunt dove on public land 
there's a couple of duck leases where you can hunt duck on public land. And then there is some walk in public land long as you buy your public permit. Uh, but there's a lot of draw hunts on public land as well. So I, there's probably, I would say 80% private, 20% public. I mean, it, it's, it's really hard to say coming from Arizona where just almost everything is public. Uh, I mean, even ranchers land where they lease the land, you still have access to it. You're seeing ranchers cattle out there and you're hunting mm-hmm. public land, but they're leasing the land for their cattle, but you also right. have permission to hunt it. So it's just way different. And where I shot my buck this year was that type of land where you just go on this rancher's farm and he's leasing the land, but it's public land. So it, it's hard to, it's hard to say coming from Arizona right now. So let's pretend that um, I'm going to make a list of, mm-hmm. of all the States. Um, Number one being the best public land state and then um, last in line being uh, the worst public land state. Where do you think Texas would kind of land? Are are we more towards the bottom or are we uh, top or middle? No, I'm saying middle to bottom. Uh, I mean, I know, you know, Arizona, Colorado, I'm pretty sure Utah. Those are really, really big public land states. Um, and then Texas, Texas is a lot of private man. Uh, and they say you can knock on doors, but at the same time you can get shot for going onto someone's property. So it's kind of scary to go knock on someone's door, uh, in Texas. Kind of just the luck of the draw. If you knock on the right door or not, probably catch them at the right time and all that. And I use, Um, I use Onyx, so, uh, I'm on there heavy looking at people all around me all the time. Yeah. I'm a, I'm an Onyx user as well. I'm a big Mm -hmm. fan of Onyx. I've been using it for a a few years now. Um, So like I said, I've never been to Texas, but I've heard stories about Texas. Um, I know there's a lot of high fence stuff going on there and some weird exotic animals. Um, what's the weirdest animal I guess that you, you would say that you've seen down there? Have you been around very much of that kind of stuff? I know, I know, I think you told me you Mm -hmm. don't high fence hunt or anything. I thought maybe you, you drove by doing some scouting and you look out there and I don't know, there's like a a cheetah or something. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, I do know, I I don't, I do not hunt those high fence ranches. Uh, I mean, if I got an invite for free, yeah, you're darn skippy. I'm going to be out there and I'm going to shoot something. But, uh, there has, there has been not cheetahs. Now you (laughs) trip me up saying cheetahs. Uh, there's been zebras and, uh, giraffes definitely taken on these high fence ranches. Uh, what I've personally seen is elk, red stag, uh, fallow deer. And that's just from driving past, these ranches you can see them along the fence lines you know they're staying out of the center of the land because that's where they're hunted and they know that uh but yeah there's tons of high fence hunting opportunities and that's in my personal opinion not hunting and i'm sorry if i offend someone but 
that's where doctors and lawyers go when they want to impress their friends. And most of them don't even keep the meat. Uh, yeah. I know an, I know an outfitter very personally, uh, who owns and runs one of those ranches. And, uh, he said 90% of the time they get a really big tip and then they get the meat in return. And when the next hunter comes out, they're getting the last hunter's meat on their dinner plate for their huh. included meals. Um, because they, yep, exactly. And they want, they just want that trophy, man. And they pay twenty, thirty thousand dollars for a white tailed deer. That's not counting elk or something extremely nice or exotic. Yeah. I just, uh, I've always, I've always been, I, I don't know if intrigue's the right word, mm -hmm. but I've always be, just been kind of, um, kind of thought about some of the wild animals, um, like exotic animals that are there. And maybe like if I just imagine myself, like say I just moved down to Texas and I got an apartment and I don't know, maybe 10 miles away, there's some um, high fence operation going on. Next thing I know a giraffe escapes and it's like <laughs> looking through my window in my apartment or something. I don't know. It's just, it's a really crazy concept. I think when you don't like grow up or live around stuff mm -hmm. like that, um, I've never seen a giraffe other than at the zoo, you know, so yeah. I can imagine like seeing one out and somebody's, I mean, how do you even build a fence to keep a giraffe in? So, <laughs> I mean, they can't jump. Um, at least I don't think they can jump. Yeah. I, I'm not a zoologist, but uh, they definitely have high fences out here, but you know, like that's where the axis deer and uh, all that came from. Mm -hmm. uh, my family has very, very minimal acreage, like, 13, 14 acres. Uh, my grandparents bought it as like a retirement thing. Uh, and they've let me hunt it in the past, but they're 50, 50 iffy if I get to hunt it or not every year. Uh, especially my grandpa's pretty sick right now. Um, so it's iffy if we get to get out there, but we've had tons of access in the recent years. And before we would hear them in the distance, uh, and they, it sounds like a child screaming. Honestly, that's what an access deer sounds like. Huh. Uh, but now we're starting to get so many access and they come, they're herd animals and they come in so thick in the herds and they just eat all the protein, all the corn, all the vegetation. And they're pushing our whitetail out. I mean, for a few years, we we're getting some really nice whitetail out there. Well, what I consider, you know, really nice for that area, 140s, 150s, uh, which is nice for that area, which I know there's 200 inch bucks out there, but for that area, that's a really nice deer. And now we're seeing back in the nineties and the hundreds and sometimes not even that, uh, just because of all the access, man. And you can, you can spotlight them at night. There's, it's pretty much lawless on those deer and you can kill them year round too. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's a, uh, that'd be good if, uh, if you're like me and you, you eat venison or you oh, know, deer meat all year round, uh, you kind of get low in the summertime. You might go out and spotlight a, yep. an axis. That, that's a, that's crazy to me. Cause around here, you know, you're not allowed to spotlight. Um, actually in Kentucky, you're not even allowed to spotlight to look at deer. Um, I live in Indiana, but I hunt both. Um, Indiana, you can spotlight, but obviously you can't shoot whitetails yep. or anything at nighttime with a spotlight. That's highly. So that is a that is interesting. Yeah, you so, can't you can't do that with whitetails, but you yeah you can do it with axis or like coyotes stuff like that. So um, I know you said you served in the military. Um, 
what branch did you serve in? Um, and did you kind of have any real reasons for joining? I know this is kind of not really hunting related. Uh, yeah. Yeah. More personal, but uh, we're going to go somewhere with this. So I just okay. wanted to kind of touch on that a little bit. Yeah. So I joined in 2013. Uh, I served seven years and three months active duty and then an additional like nine or 10 months uh, in the reserves after that, just to finish out my eight years and one month mark. But I joined just because I was, I was in college right out of high school. Uh, wasn't really my thing. Typical story. Uh, I didn't like really get into trouble, but I was on the borderline of trouble and hometown, same old, same old, uh, so a buddy and I were just like, yo, let's, let's join the Air Force and be pilots. We didn't know that you had to have a degree to be a pilot. So we went to go sign up and he kind of, great guy, but he chickened out. He ended up joining like three years later, but he chickened out. And I was like, no, I'm signing it. And the recruiter's like, oh, like take it home to your dad, look it over. I was like, no, I'm signing the paperwork. I signed it that day, went home, quit my job, told my dad I joined the military. He laughed at me and I was like, okay, well, when I leave in three weeks, you'll see. And uh, about a week later, he's like, why aren't you at work? I was like, I quit. I joined the military. He's like, oh, you're not joking. I was like, nope, not joking. So I didn't really have a true reason to be honest with you, uh, but it was probably one of the better decisions I've I've made uh, in my life. So so um, just from talking to you a little bit on uh, Go Wild and, and we're texting back and forth quite a bit. Yep. Um, you told me that you did a couple of deployments mm -hmm. and, um, you told me you also rifle hunted mostly, but you decided to pick up a, a bow. Um, I think after you came home after your first or second deployment, uh, mm -hmm. what made you kind of, kind of make that jump? Is that something in some downtime you're reading some magazines or did you have, uh, another guy or something that was with you or. Is that something you just picked up when you came home? You didn't even think about it when you were deployed? Yeah, so I wasn't – I was kind of thinking about it. You know, I was always a hunter. Uh, so I was kind of thinking about it when I was deployed. And we were talking about uh, – we were all from the same base when we deployed. It was our first deployment. And we were talking about, like, what tags we were putting in for and all this and the draw because uh, it's a draw state in Arizona except for archery is over the counter. And I wanted more opportunity to hunt more opportunity to hunt and I had a bow as a kid but I never hunted with it uh, I would just like shoot the back fence and stuff like that with filled points and uh so we got home and I shot a buddy's bow and his was set to 70 pounds and I was lifting in the military but like that was muscles I had never used before mm -hmm. so I tried to pull it back and I couldn't pull it back so another buddy had a 50 pound bow uh a draw weight 50 pounds so an old PSC. I started drawing it back in the garage, which I had no arrows for it. Nothing like that. He didn't care about the bow. So if I did accidentally dry fire it, no big deal, but I was just doing it kind of to get my strength up and stuff like that. And then, uh, got a bow and started shooting was pretty accurate with it. Went straight out after that. Uh, really it was just to get more hunting opportunities. Cause in Arizona you can hunt January, August, and December off of one $45 tag uh, yeah. with an archery tag. So they have early, late, early, mid, and late season uh, archery. Um, but if you kill one buck, it's a one buck state, no does. Uh, if you kill it with a bow, you can't hunt with a rifle. 
you kill it with a rifle, you can't hunt with a bow. So since I did kill in January this year, I can't hunt in the state of Arizona until next January. Uh, so that does kind of stink, but yeah, I mean, that's just more, more outdoors, more opportunity. And that's what truly got me into archery. Uh, and like I said, after killing those does with my rifle, I just, it just seemed too easy. It seemed like I was just shooting monkeys in a barrel type deal. Yeah. It, uh, I do hear that a lot. A lot of people graduate, um, to archery because not that it's too easy. It's obviously, it's always kind of hard. You always kind of kind of play that game because, you know, wild mm -hmm. animals do what they want, but a lot exactly. of people say that they graduate to archery, just more of the challenge. Um, so is there a lot of people that hunt in the military? Is that something that comes up when you're hanging out or you're at work? Um, mm -hmm. is it kind of yeah. like it is here, like kind of where I'm at, it's like, uh, you know, you're the new guy at work. They're like, what do you enjoy? Oh, I like hunting and stuff like that. Is that conversations mm -hmm. you guys have, or is it strictly the military stuff? So the military is all walks of life, you know, uh, genders, races, you, places. It doesn't matter where you come from, who you are, you know. Uh, everyone in the military is uh, really family. And so you get all types of walks of life. But, yeah, we uh, <clears throat> we have a lot of hunters. And whether they're waterfowl or archery or rifle, well, you meet a lot of people and they do different things. And that's kind of where American Country Outdoors uh, – came from me and a buddy actually I worked with his wife and uh, we met and they he she introduced us and we went dove hunting and we probably shot a full box of shells and didn't come home with anything but we were just having a good we, we were really just having a good time uh, and that's kind of where American Country Outdoors came from we just were hunting all the time and wanted to document it and now we do, uh, we build websites and build websites for outdoorsmen. And uh, we're going to be offering recordings for people here pretty soon. Uh, I mean, it's up there that we do, but we've just kind of been busy, both of us having kids right now. But um, anyways, back to the question. I got a little sidetracked there. Uh, yeah, no, no, you, it's all good. You, meet, you meet tons of different people in the military. And I met one guy who we are best hunting hunting but never talk all year hunting season rolls around we're texting every day we're hunting together every day we're out in the woods together my wife's like you don't even know this guy why are you going out with him like won't he kill you i'm like probably not I mean, um but then hunting season rolls around and yeah like i said we're just best friends and then hunting season goes away and we don't text don't talk and then the draw is getting ready and we start asking each other once again, like what the draw is and what we're putting in for. Uh, and he's in the military and I mean, he's hunted some, I know I, I've already seen the question, so I know this is coming up, but he's hunted some crazy places and got to kill some awesome things and Afghanistan and Kuwait and, uh, not Dubai, uh, uh, Djibouti, uh, in Africa. So pretty crazy, man. So, uh, so you have been on a couple of deployments. Uh, where yep. exactly did you deploy to? 
Yeah, so I deployed to two different locations in Kuwait on my first deployment. And then on my second deployment, uh, I deployed to Kandahar, uh, Afghanistan, which is now closed down. Okay, so um, I've got to imagine they, uh, unless it's all been wiped out by bombs, I don't really know. But um, <laughs> I've got to imagine that they have have some, some animals over there. Do you ever see yep. anything some wild, crazy animals. Mm -hmm. Maybe they have like Bigfoot over there. I, I don't know. I've never been to Afghanistan. So, um, yeah. And, and did you ever get a chance to hunt or, or, or shoot any animals over there? Yeah. So the individual, you know, and I'd really like to give him a shout out, but he's still in the military. So I don't want to say his name and get him in trouble for some of the things that we did. Uh, we, we, just, he was, just he was him, allowed. Let's just call yeah. him Joe. We'll call yeah, him Joe, 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 Joe. So Joe, uh, he, uh, he was wing safety. So for our aircrafts and stuff, he had to make sure the runway was clear. So he was given guns to kill birds that were in front of planes. Cause they didn't want a bird to go in an engine down a plane, kill a pilot, right? Like what's more important, multi-million dollar aircraft and a, in a human's life or a bird. So as well as uh, wild dogs and stuff like that, which here people call them pets. There, they're actually wild and have rabies and all this types of stuff. Um, so he got to do a lot of hunting of those critters, and we were already friends. So he invited me out to do that, you know. So we would get to, like, drive down the runway and out of a vehicle shoot animals with a shotgun like while driving down an aircraft on uh runway um and we killed uh dogs birds of all types uh and we worked with a wildlife biologist so he took samples of all of this it wasn't just out here slaughtering stuff um it was for safety reasons and they took uh biology samples and sent them back to america to get tested to see what types of animals were in the area um, but yeah, now he's in, uh, Africa currently doing the same thing, just killing, he's sending me pictures all the time and it's just the most ridiculous stuff, man. Uh, we weren't suggested to eat anything we killed at all, just because of the environment and, uh, the health issues and the health concerns, but there was tons of wildlife out there and, uh, not everyone's allowed to get to do that. So I was blessed in the opportunity of knowing someone and they got me in uh to be able to still hunt when i was gone for seven eight months you know so is uh is that something that you maybe have like a an off day or a downtime and he's working he's like man you want to come with me and you just go or is there like a sort of bunch of uh strings that have to so, be pulled is it kind of like under the radar nobody really knows can't really say yeah 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 so it was more of like under the radar can't really say and you know that's why we're calling him joe um, I don't want to get him in any trouble. He was allowed to be doing it. Uh, I might not, have, I'm out now, so they can't do anything to me. Well, I hope they can't. Uh, but, um, yeah, no, I did it on my off day. Uh, we only got one day off when deployed. We work, uh, six, 12 to 14, 15 hour shifts a day when we're deployed. Uh, so my one day off, you know, I would, I would typically go do that with him. Uh, sometimes during work, if we were slow. Uh, one of my good buddies would watch the shop for me while I would go do that with him. Um, but no, it was always a good time and we would just pull up and 
either have an air rifle or a shotgun, depending on where we were, or if we were around aircraft, you couldn't shoot certain calibers. Um, and we would just call into the security office and be like, Hey, we're going to be shooting guns in this sector. So if you hear gunfire, don't be alarmed. Don't sound any alarms. Uh, it's just us. And yeah, you know, it's, it is truly for the safety of the aircrafts and the personnel on base. Uh, but you know, we're hunters and we're outdoorsmen. So we were having a good old time doing it. So, um, you were active duty, so I imagine that you mm-hmm. lived on a uh, on a military base at one point for extended periods yep. of time. Um, are you allowed to hunt on a military base? And is that something that you have to be in the military to do? Or can civilians come on base and and hunt? And do you have to have, this is kind of a three-part question, but yeah, yeah, you have yeah. to have tags as well. Um, I know that's, it's still... It's still probably state regulations. I'm not really yeah. sure being a military mm-hmm. base. So can you kind of explain explain those three things? Yeah, so we'll cover we'll cover Arizona because I do not know every state's uh, regulations. And just because I was in the military doesn't mean I know, you know, Kentucky's rules on being on base and shooting wildlife. But in the state of Arizona, you can put in specifically for a tag on Fort Hachuca which is a Southern Arizona hunt. Uh, and they're considered their own unit. Arizona's broke down into units. Um, and you can put in for that hunt specifically. I truly do not know if you're required to be military because it shows up for everyone, uh, that hunt opportunity. I just don't know if it would allow them to put in if they weren't military, uh, Cause we also have like Indian reservations and stuff like that. And they can uh, allow a certain amount of non res reservation hunters to go on and they can pay to hunt the reservation stuff like that. So uh, there's a lot of gray area there, to be honest with you. I know there are good deer, better deer on those uh, bases and stuff just because it's limited hunt opportunities. So they have a, uh, they have nice deer. We'll say that, uh, nice deer. And I never personally had the opportunity of getting drawn for that unit. Um, but at the same time, all the draw hunts were rifle, like I was saying, and I was just truly in love with archery. So that was, that was my primary goal was to tag out an archery and not need, uh, to use my rifle. Yeah. I've, uh, I've heard the same thing about military bases holding really nice bucks and um i live in indiana southern indiana um i'm about 30 minutes from illinois and about 20 minutes from kentucky but indiana is a one buck state but Mm -hmm. um you can actually kill three bucks in indiana if you play your cards right so we have a regular state buck which is uh what what generally everybody is going to kill one buck throughout the state you're going to be done um, doe tags are going to go off of um, each county. And then we have something called reduction zones, which in Evansville, which is, I believe, the second biggest city um, in Indiana, we have a reduction zone. And I think around like Indianapolis, they have this. And in a reduction zone, it's they're trying to 
kind of kill down the population of deer. Yeah. So yeah. if you if you kill a doe in that reduction zone, it's a separate tag. You buy a reduction zone tag and you can kill a doe. And then you buy another reduction zone tag. And then depending on what the kind of the quota is, you can either kill that amount of does, whatever the quota is, or you can kill a buck but you have to yeah. kill a doe before you kill your buck, but it is totally, it's totally separate. So mm -hmm. um, if you were going to do that reduction zone, you could now be at two bucks, but they also have military um, base hunts, which are draw hunts that you can put in for. And those are also separate and they don't huh. count. So um, you have to be yeah. lucky enough to draw one of those tags. I've been kind of talking about putting in for that for a while now. And I, yeah, for you, some should. Reason, you I, should, for some reason I haven't, but I think this year I'm going to, um, some of the bases are a couple hours from me, but I mm -hmm. think, think if I could get, um, drawn for that, I, I think I'd be down. Cause I'm sure there's, there's yeah. nice bucks. I've, I always see pictures of people killing everybody that goes up there. seems like they kill a, a pretty decent yeah, yeah, deer. Yeah. So. Well, I, I mean, you know, we, we talked, yeah, definitely. We, you know, we talked about, uh, I'm going to Illinois, uh, definitely next year and stuff like that and you kind of talked about recording me so if you get if you get drawn for one of those uh I'll, I'll definitely come out and i'll record you man uh put put no pressure of recording on you and let you kill a nice deer but yeah no you should definitely put in for those all the hunting opportunities because i mean in arizona it's uh now a mandatory report state if you kill with archery um and i do know uh, some people who probably would kill with a bow and turn around and still put in for rifle, but that is actually illegal in the state of Arizona. If you if you kill a deer, you're not allowed to you know even put in for a bonus point. You're not allowed to put in for a rifle tag, no, nothing like that along those lines. Um, however, like I do have previous bonus points where I haven't killed and I put in, so I still hold on to those. But where I have killed with a bow. I just don't put in for rifle that year. So uh, yeah, it can, uh, it can get real confusing when you, yep. you start playing with reduction zones and military bases mm -hmm. in different States. You got to really be, uh, thankfully we have smartphones now where we can pretty much yeah. up the, the regulations. Cause, um, just between, uh, Indiana and Kentucky, like I pretty much know, indiana's laws and everything by heart mm -hmm. um but yeah. when i started hunting kentucky a few years ago i'm like man i gotta keep up with this i gotta keep up with the tags so i start putting all the tags in my phone and marking down where i see <laughs> deer because uh, yeah after a while man it gets wild and you gotta you kind of forget uh yeah i know you, you gotta make sure do, you keep man. track of everything and make sure you're using the right tags in the right state and everything else um yeah especially so, hunting so many states yeah so javelina i don't really know a yeah. whole lot about hunting javelina <laughs> um i've heard the term and i know what they like look like or whatever but i've never mm -hmm. seen one i've never eaten one or anything can you kind of talk about um what you know about javelina how do you yeah do you hunt those and are they are they any good to eat what do they what do they taste so like? uh yeah i've killed couple of javelina with a bow. Uh, you know, you can kill two a year in the state of Arizona. You can get an over-the-counter tag. You can also put in for draws. Uh, they, everyone calls them pigs, right? But mm -hmm. they're actually the world's largest rodent. They're a rodent. Um, 
everyone just calls them stink pigs, pig tags, like all this, especially in Arizona. Uh, we just call them participation trophies. And I hate to say that for people that, you know, struggle hunting them, stuff like that. But, and I'm not trying to sound cocky because they've given me the slip. I've missed stuff like that, but that's just what the hunter population in Arizona calls them or participation trophies, but they smell uh, typically before you see them, if you're in their zone area, whatever you want to call it, you're going to smell them first. Huh. Uh, but it's the same thing, uh, spot and stock. And they have a scent gland on their mid to lower back. And if you're cleaning them, I'm not grossed out by cleaning an animal. I'll gut it, whatever you want to say. Put put the blood on your face, the rituals, all that. But I have Alina, you want to wear gloves. And what you want to do is skin it out. Get all the skin off, throw it away, take your gloves off, throw those gloves away. You do not want to touch the skin and then touch the meat with those gloves if you do plan to eat it. Uh, I know a lot of people donate javelina meat to homeless shelters and stuff along those lines because they enjoy hunting them and people do eat them. Uh, I've tried it. I personally don't love it. Uh, and that's also why I quit hunting them and why I didn't get a tag this year. Uh, they're fun to hunt, but not good eating. Uh, and I guess you could call them a nuisance. They're not like coyotes where you go shoot them, donate the fur or give the fur to a fur buyer, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I just feel bad, you know, shooting one and leaving one. Uh, that's not just, that's not how I was raised, stuff like that. So, uh, donate the meat, however you want to do it. But yeah, they smell, so you want to cut the hide off, throw your gloves away, even possibly put a new pair of gloves on. Uh, you just don't want to cross-contaminate that smell to the meat. Uh, it's like an old, nasty, ruddy buck. And if you get that, you know, piss gland, urine gland, whatever you want to call it, on that meat, it's gonna you're going to taste it, and you're going to smell it when you're cooking it, stuff like that. I don't care how much fat you add. It just, it's there, and... Uh, at least I don't know how to get rid of that scent personally. Uh, if someone does, please contact me and let me know. But yeah, it's just, you, they're fun to hunt uh, and they're tough little animals, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm done hunting them personally. <laughs> how big is a javelina? Is it, um, is it like a 40, 50 pounds, uh, okay. small, small type pig, you know, and, uh, they had like coarse hair, almost like a grill brush, like real mm -hmm. coarse hair. Um, and they have big old, like, not tusks, but uh, almost like a fang, I guess. I, I don't even know what you would call uh, what they have. It's not tusks coming out, but they have big old teeth. Uh, and they just smell to high heavens, like I said. They eat trash. They They do. Uh, they get in people's garbage cans, they eat trash, stuff like that in the city. So what, uh, what would you compare the meat to? Is it, is it greasy kind of similar, like fatty to pork or is it just kind of like, I, I can't, I cannot compare the meat. Uh, I've killed bobcats. I've eaten bobcat, uh, which some people may think is crazy, but if you have the opportunity, try a bobcat and I promise you'll never throw another piece of bobcat meat away. It is delicious. Hmm. Um, I've had, uh, I've seen 
mountain lions, but I've never killed a mountain lion. I've had mountain lion meat. Delicious. Uh, But just javelina is not comparable, man. Uh, You know, people wouldn't think to eat bobcat or mountain lion, and it's delicious, and javelina is not good. Personally, yeah. maybe maybe people do know how to season it. I don't, and I would need it. So, uh, anybody listening, hunting javelina, maybe try to cook it. But it sounds like you should uh, maybe maybe steer away from that. <laughs> yeah, or contact either Adam and I and let us know how to cook it. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll put in for a tag and go back to Arizona <laughs> and shoot one. Uh, but I know where they're at. I know where to hunt them. I know where to kill them every time. But so you no. spent uh, a lot of time in Arizona. Is it um, yep. pretty plausible for a for an out of state guy to come out there and and fill a tag in about a week or so? Um, yeah, good public I mean, land access. Yeah, so you know, I I did live out there for eight years, so I do know the territory. I know the land. Uh, I've killed out there a couple times. I went out there with four days to hunt, and I killed as you saw. Uh, you saw the pictures. I. I mean, once in a lifetime buck, I killed a slammer. Uh, so it, it is possible, man. Uh, you just have to do your on X, get on your on X, do your scouting. Uh, or if you can get out there in person, do your scouting. Uh, but it's possible, uh, $300 for an out of state, uh, tag over the counter. Uh, I believe that includes your license. I could be wrong. I'm going to be paying this out-of-state fee starting next year. I was still considered a resident there because I owned a house there, and it's now up for sale. Um, So I guess I'll find out next January when I go. (laughs) But uh, I think it's 300 bucks for you to get a tag and go, but it is very possible. Uh, I've had friends come out from Florida and – hunt hard and not kill, but have lots of opportunities, but they were also picky. They wanted big mule deer, but if they were going for forks or three buys, they could have easily killed, you know, but they wanted that big mainframe four by four. So yeah, um, 280 or $300 or whatever it is. Doesn't sound too crazy to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I know Kentucky, you have to buy a hunting license and a, a, a deer tag and you get three dozen, yep. one buck in Kentucky. And I, of course I buy out of state and it's right around $300. And I believe, um, deer tags, kind of the same thing, maybe just a doe and a buck, or maybe it's just a buck yep. tag in Illinois is about 500. So, um, I haven't, I've, I, I know a guy at work that, that has a private farm over there, but I haven't, uh, really bit the bullet on on dropping that 500, but I may, mm-hmm. may try to do that next year, but, uh, 280 or 300 is not bad. Um, no, no, it's, it's going to be a lot more. No, than it's that. not. Uh, but it's a one deer state and it's buck only. The only way to get a doe tag in the state of Arizona is if you're a youth hunter, I, I believe you have to be under 14. Uh, I only have a 10 month old, so I don't know. Uh, I haven't put in, but I believe it's like you can't start putting until 10. And then after 14, you can't get a doe tag. Uh, there's a very short window, uh, limited, limited opportunity, uh, in the state of Arizona to kill a doe. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a one animal state. And then 
you can put in for elk, stuff like that. There's lots of draw opportunities, pronghorn, uh, which I'm, I have nine bonus points for elk. So I'm hoping to get drawn this year for archery elk. Yeah. It sounds like, uh, sounds like you got a pretty good entry for it this year. Yeah, I'm hoping so. And it's my last year as a full blown resident. So I'm fingers crossed, uh, nine bonus points and I've only been putting in for archery. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping man, one of my buddies has been drawn five times and the amount of time I've been putting in and I've been drawn zero. So wow. it is truly a lottery. That sounds, uh, that sounds, there's a, there's a dove hunt around here, um, on public that they do a draw mm -hmm. hunt for every year. Dove hunting around here is not super good, probably like anywhere yeah. else, unless they plant a bunch of sunflowers or whatever. But I put in for that one year and it was a blast. I got drawn for it the first year I put in, but I've been putting in for it ever since and ha haven't seemed to have been, been successful in it but yeah, yeah man those draws you just never know it's just yeah no i mean that's another thing about arizona man i i wish i would have taken more uh opportunities than i did uh you can just go anywhere on public land and start shooting dove i mean year round no extra permits no i mean mag migratory bird for five dollars so you pay five dollars yeah. and you can kill bird but uh, no extra permits, anything like that. And you can just go kill dove and quail and anything on private land or on public land. And I did it. And the, the wife loves dove tacos. She asked me, she's like, so when's next dove season? Uh, Cause I'd make her like dove tacos with uh, cream cheese and bacon and jalapenos. Super good. And uh, she's like, Oh, you can go dove hunting. And I'd be like, Oh, it's, it's deer season. She's like, Oh, you don't need to go. I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> that's uh it's interesting that you say your wife likes uh, wild game and stuff like that um my wife does too that's we mostly eat deer meat we don't really buy anything from the store yeah um but i do hear a lot of guys you know their wives kind of turn their nose up to it so mm -hmm. uh, it's nice to hear that somebody else's wife enjoys that because a lot of a lot of women um maybe that husbands or boyfriends hunt always seems like they're Ooh, that's gross. You're not bringing that in the house. Yeah, and you're yeah, not yeah, cooking yeah. that. So, um, yeah, it's good to hear. Um, so you hunt a lot of public land, um, kind of traveled a little bit, been all mm -hmm. over. Can you think of any crazy or, um, wild stories, maybe stuff you've seen on public land or any, anything crazy you've ever experienced? You ever been shot at or ran off or I don't know, fell <laughs> of a mountain? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything crazy? So I'll tell two quick stories. Uh, it's now illegal in the state of Arizona to run trail cameras if you're going to hunt in that unit. Mm -hmm. um, so you can't put a trail camera up if you intend to hunt in that unit at all, period. Uh, so used to, though, before when you could run trail cameras, I had a trail camera uh, in the unit where I killed my buck this year. And I was going to check the trail camera. And I get there, and it's tall grass. I nailed down. Uh, and I'm, I have a SD reader with me. So I was checking my trail camera and I see a mountain lion on my trail camera. It's like, dang, that's awesome. I checked the timestamp three minutes before I was there. Ooh. So, you know, you hear like mountain lion attacks and all this. And so I kind of like stand up. I start looking around, kind of scared. I'm like, can this thing smell me? Is it going to kill me? Uh, <laughs> which people may laugh at, but 
this was before I really knew about mountain lions or anything. Uh, and before I had seen one and glassed one up. So, you know, so that was, that was pretty experience. Number one, just threw my camera back up. I was walking out and I actually shot my first, uh, Bobcat that same day, uh, walking out of that area where my trail camera was. Uh, and I shot it with a Glock 45, uh, shot, uh, shot it with my pistol. Uh, it just ran right in front of me, stopped, looked at me, gave me enough time to pull my handgun out of my holster and shoot it. Um, but so that was probably number one, uh, pretty crazy. Number two, uh, I would say, you know, in public land, it's not yours and it's not mine. Uh, I mean, I guess it is all of ours, but at the same time, like people hunt right on top of each other especially if they've heard about a spot being good. And that's why a lot of people don't talk about their units or where they hunt just because it'll get blown up. Uh, tons of people will be there and it just gets crowded and people have no respect. You might show up an hour before sun up and then there's people walking in or riding in on razors and four wheelers 30 minutes after the sun's up and you're sitting there glassing. You look at them, they don't care. They look at you uh, and that was my first signal to just say, you know, either I'm not deep enough or I'm not shallow enough. Cause tons of people think they need to go in like a mile or two miles. Mm -hmm. There's tons of overlooked areas that are right off the roads. I mean, not road hunting, but pulling off the road, just hiking up to the first ridge and glassing, uh, and tons of people pass that because they think they need to go a little deeper, but then they never go deep enough. You know, they don't want to commit to truly putting the miles on their boots. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, honestly, I forgot what the question was now. Uh, no, no, no. The, 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 on, the craziest thing that you've seen on public Yeah, land. yeah. So just people hunting on top of you and probably that, uh, that mountain lion with like a three-minute timestamp from crossing its path. Uh, and then I've, I've, I've seen a couple in person um, and I cracked a shot at one, but it was not confirmed if I hit it or missed it. And uh, so, yeah, we've, we've, we've seen a couple of mountain lions in person, but that was the first time I'd ever seen one on camera before I had seen one in person. And so I was like, you know, I was pretty worked up, pretty nervous. Yeah. I hear, I hear about, um, mountain lion attacks, but if, if I'm correct, it's actually pretty rare or there's not, yeah. that, that, there's not very many people that get killed or mauled by mountain lions. It's, uh, I think it's, um, mm -hmm. it's pretty hyped up not to say yep. that it won't happen if one's on, you know, you know, your trail camera three minutes before you get to it, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't want to risk it, but yeah. Um, that's, that's, uh, that's crazy stuff. I imagine that would get my blood pumping too. Oh um, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, uh, I actually checked a trail camera this year and um, was walking in and shot two does on my way to my stand when I got um, Dang. shot both does, made my way to my stand and I was going to go ahead and pull the card. I pulled the card and got home and I realized that there was a, a very, very nice buck there um, <laughs> right when I shot the does right over the other side of the ridge. Dang. And uh, I was kind of tore up about it for a couple of weeks and then I realized that I had had that camera out there um, and I had checked it a couple times, but it, it had been out. I put it out prior to time change. So, and it was actually an hour behind. So that, that deer was actually <laughs> there 
an hour prior and yeah, yeah, like yeah. there right when I shot the deer. But yeah, it's uh it's funny when you you experience crazy stuff like that or you shoot a deer and realize there was a deer in front of your camera or you check it and there's uh, a mountain lion maybe up on the ridge prowling down at you. Yeah, so, no, definitely. So um this year you shot a very, very nice buck. I wanna mm-hmm. I wanna have you tell the story um in in pretty good detail yeah kind of kind of how your travel went how you packed up and went to arizona maybe you were already there i don't know um i i saw it come across go wild and we had been talking Mm -hmm. prior to you you shooting this buck and uh i've been waiting now um three or four weeks to hear this story because i refuse to to read it on go wild because i wanted to hear the story in person so i'm gonna let you tell the story about all right uh, this this monster mule deer that you that you killed yeah so i had just gotten a new bow uh and i've been a hoyt homer right i've been brand specific diehard hoyt uh and i went and you know entered a a giveaway at a bow store and all this for a Matthews and I shot a Matthews a few times and I was like, man, I really want this and fell in love with it and all that. Well, fate lined up, you know, and I got a Matthews, I got a V3 and I bought a bunch of accessories for it and fell in love with it, started shooting it, hadn't killed anything with it yet and uh, moved to Arizona or to Texas from Arizona right after that. I started getting a sight in uh, and I got a black gold drop away sight with a five pin slider. So, you know, it's like 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 yards. And then it drops down and like, I'm accurate out to like 110 yards, which I would never shoot a deer at 110 yards with the bow. That's a far shot. Um, yeah. But I, I practice out to that, you know, I practice out to 90, a hundred, 110 because 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, which I, I'm very, very comfortable at 60 yards. Uh, I mean, I can hit a golf ball at 60 yards with a bow. Um, so I'm very comfortable at that range. Uh, some people may knock that. Uh, they just don't hunt out West then. That's all I can say to you. Cause there's people shooting a hundred yard bombs at deer and killing them. Uh, um, which, so I shoot, you know, 60 yards and I'm comfortable, but I practice out to 100, 110. So I'm comfortable at those 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 yards. Like it's nothing. Um, so I'm practicing getting ready. Uh, and I pack up my truck. It's a Thursday. I don't have the date in front of me. I believe it is Thursday, January. Uh, hold on. Thursday, January 13th. I pack up my truck, get loaded up, uh, and I leave first thing in the morning, Friday, uh, the 14th. And I couldn't sleep. I left at like 1.32 a.m. So I get out there and uh, probably could have hunted that afternoon. But I stopped. I already had my license. So I stopped to get my over-the-counter tag for uh, 2022. And I head to my buddy's house, uh, meet him at his parents. And he's like, I just got mind you, I just drove 14 hours. <clears throat> and I've been up since 1 in the morning. He's like, hey, do you want to help me rebuild the carb on my four-wheeler? I was like, yeah, man, like, let's rebuild this car bunny four-wheeler. We'll use the four-wheeler for the hunt, right? Like, we don't have to drive our trucks. You're thinking, no, not really. (laughs) (laughs) 
And so, you know, he pours us up a whiskey and ginger ale and his, his uh, parents, they haven't seen me in a while and we've been good friends. Uh, we used to play bingo together. So uh, they have buy us some pizza. We drink a whiskey, ginger ale, start tearing apart his quad, putting together his quad, figure out we need another part. So it's probably like 10, 11 o'clock and we're like, all right, we're going to bed. We're hunting in the morning, right? Uh, the plan for the trip was to hunt uh, Saturday the 15th. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and I'm leaving Wednesday. So we're talking, what, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. We're talking four days to hunt. So go to bed. Uh, we get out there. First morning, we're driving in, and we see a decent three-by-two. And I told him, I was like, dude, I don't have that many days to hunt. I'm, I'm killing this buck. So I get out of the truck. He arranges it. He's like, it's 90 yards. I was like, all right. He's like, just shoot it. And I'm like, no, I don't feel comfortable, which I know people can make that shot. I know tons of people that can make that shot. I know he can make that shot. I'm like, I don't feel comfortable. So I get within 72 yards of this deer, uh, stalked in on him, ranged him. And I probably could have shot him. Uh, I drew back on him and I probably could have shot him. Uh, and he starts walking away and I'm, I know people might laugh or whatever. People have been hunting for years. Mistakes happen. I released the arrow. Mm. Missed the buck by a mile. It was not on purpose. I went to go let down my bow, and I just released the arrow. And it went. And I didn't even tell my buddy this. My buddy doesn't even know this still. He thinks I just <laughs> missed the shot. I'm like, oh, yeah, I missed the shot. Like I was more embarrassed <laughs> that I released an arrow on accident because – I have not done that since I've been shooting archery. I've not accidentally released an arrow, even in target practice. Secret's so, coming out if he listens to the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah if, if he listens, I'm going to tell him too. But yeah, Secret's coming out. I released it on accident. I went to go let down and I I hit the, you know, a trigger and I, I did release it on accident. I mean, I missed him by a mile. It wasn't even like a shot I was trying to take. And uh, so I was already like flustered, mad at myself and kicking myself for that whole situation. Uh, but so we get up on top of our glassing hill, we start glassing and immediately, man, we're seeing bucks left and right. We probably saw not, we probably saw nine bucks that first day. I make a couple of good stocks. Uh, one of them I did get within like 30 yards and, uh, a shot just wasn't there for me. Um, and then we hunted all day, uh, went into town to the gas station, grabbed a little bit of lunch, uh, went back out again, saw multiple bucks. And then, uh, sorry, let me back this up. Right. When we got onto the glassing Hill, I told him, I was like, my, my binoculars aren't focusing. And he's like, just get them into focus glass. I'm like, dude, they're not working. My, my binoculars are not focusing. And, uh, the like nitrogen, the gases in my binoculars had leaked out at some point. They cracked. I don't know which they're at Vortex right now. I'm supposed to be getting them back today, which I heard someone ring the doorbell when we were on this podcast. So I'm hoping that's my binos uh, Vortex. Awesome warranty. They replaced them hundred percent free. But uh, so um, I'm like glassing with one eye closed out of my binos and I'm luckily still spotting deer and we're glassing. So after that, we went to his uncle's. Uh, and his uncle was awesome and lent me, uh, a set of his vortex binos so I could hunt the rest of the week. And 
went back out the next day and I mean, every single day we were seeing deer, we were making stocks. Uh, and he was, dude, he was awesome. The entire trip. Uh, he was letting me stock. Well, the way we do it out there is when you spot it, you stock it. So okay. even deer that he was spotting, he was letting me stock, uh, just because he wanted to put in for rifle and he knew he had August and he had December, he had multiple times to hunt and he knew I had limited opportunities. So he was just letting me stock everything, whether it was scraggly bucks or nice bucks. And I was, I was truly going to take anything. And I know that's not how you kill big bucks. And I know there's true big buck hunters, but my freezer was getting low, plain and simple. And so I was willing to take anything fork and better. And, uh, of course I wanted the wall hanger, but, um, yeah, I had plenty of stocks. Uh, I hit a branch on one shot. I had a really nice shot, a really nice buck that I cut off in a wash and the dough filtered through. I ranged the dough at 40 yards and the buck comes through and I hit a branch and it sent the arrow way high and way left. And, you know, people, people don't talk about their misses. Uh, I'm, I guess some do, but most people don't talk about their misses. I'm going to be honest with you. I missed plain and simple. I hit a branch, kick my row high left. It happens. And if you say it doesn't happen to you, then either you don't hunt enough or you're a liar. <laughs> One of the yeah. two. Um, we, uh, we like to talk about misses here because we, we try to be transparent on yeah, this podcast. I mean, absolutely. Um, this isn't it, like you said, if you hunt enough, you're either going to, you're going to do multiple things. You're going to miss at some point. You're going to release or shoot by accident yep. at some point. I did both on that trip. <laughs> You're going to shoot an animal and not find it because uh, the blood mm-hmm. blood, uh, blood trail stops at some point. And anybody that tells you uh, they've been hunting a long time, that's never happened to you. Um, they either hunt one time a year or... Uh, or they lie. You know, or they lie, yeah. yeah um, I mean, I'm going to put it... I'm going to put it out there, you know, every, everybody liar. makes, everybody makes yeah. mistakes. Yeah. And that's how you learn. Yeah. I'm. Yep. I went a lot of years without wounding an animal. I went a lot of years and then I turn around and it, it eats me to the core. I wounded three deer in one year. Yeah. And I mean, it eats me to the core to this day. And I shot one and I said, I'm not shooting another deer this year. It doesn't sit right with me. I'm not shooting another deer. Uh, well, I went back out hunting and i said unless it's like perfect range i'm not gonna do it and i wasn't true to myself buck came in front of me i did it again yeah and uh good blood trail attracted a long ways and i couldn't find it and then i truly said i'm not shooting another deer and uh i went out with a buddy to hunt with him and i told him like dude i wounded a deer i'm not hunting again he's like just bring your bow he's like you're going to be mad if you see something and you don't shoot it. And, uh, yeah, I, I'd never wounded a deer in my lifetime. And then I wounded three in one season and it eats me to my core to this day. I mean, I, I lose sleep over it at night. I truly lose sleep over it at night. And one of them was a really nice buck. He lived one of them. We confirmed lived two of them. We never saw again. One of them. We confirmed lived. We saw him a week later in January and uh, we confirmed he lived, but it still just eats me to my core, you know? And like you said, either you're lying or, and if you say you make perfect shots every time, I just don't believe you. (laughs) 
Yeah, um, I mean, I so. um, I was hunting a reduction zone, which um, so Kentucky archery season starts September fourth. Um, Indiana archery, so Kentucky archery starts September fourth. Indiana starts October first, and then Indiana reduction zone starts September fifteenth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I kind of dabbled a little bit in Kentucky a couple of weeks and then that reduction zone came in and I was kind of, uh, this year I was in a kind of a meat crisis. We're getting kind of low and I'm like, yep. I'm going to hunt this reduction zone. There's these does showing up. I want to shoot a doe so I can kill a, a second buck in, uh, in Indiana. I wanted to kind of get that under my belt. Never shot two bucks in a year. Yeah. So I go out, um, it wasn't opening day because it had fallen during the week, but I went out the mm. opening Saturday of this reduction zone, took the crossbow, you know, can shoot through leaves and stuff. Uh, didn't take the compound. Mm. Um, but I had a doe come in perfect morning, nice and cool for being September mm. 20 yard shot, shot the doe, made a perfect shot. What I thought still think I made a yep. perfect shot. Me, um, too, me too. Yep. F- full pass through. Uh, waited the hour, 30 minutes, an hour, got down, found good blood, tracked that thing um, for four or five hours, even called my wife down to help me and just the blood ran out. And it, it happens mm-hmm. even with a powerful yeah. crossbow with a gun. Um, man, that was a, that was a, yeah. that was a bad way to start archery season this year. It, it, it hurts. With, dude, with it hurts. Beer. And even with yeah. a doe, you know, I, I still lose I lose sleep over that stuff. I hate mm-hmm. wounding an animal and I'm sure it did die. It probably clogged up or something. Um, just yeah. lost the blood, but let's get back to this buck. So you're, you're out, you go yeah. get something to eat, whatever you come back. Tell us, tell us the day so, that you shoot this buck. Tell us kind of what, so, run us what yeah. happens. Uh, r- real quick on one of those that I wounded my wife, shout out to my wife. She was six seven she was seven months pregnant and i called her she hates she doesn't hate hunting but she doesn't hunt i called her to come help me track one of these deer um that i made like you said a perfect shot on and she came out pregnant drove out like an hour to come help me track this deer and i had two other buddies helping me track this deer and even they were like i've never seen blood like this and not found a deer um but anyways so yeah back to the deer uh and so that was day two, day three, you know, went by, we made a couple of good stocks, uh, and just things didn't pan out. So day four, um, my buddy had to go back to work and I had to hunt solo. So, uh, I went out and I, I do hunt and anyone who hunts with me can vouch for me. I hunt in Crocs a hundred percent spot and stock hiking miles i don't care if i'm putting 20 miles on them i'm hunting in crocs and specifically i hunt in my american flag crocs uh a couple of friends have joked you know they call me a croc stalker because i do spot and stock and crocs hey that Um, might be uh that might be a good t-shirt for your uh we'll talk about the brand here in a little bit but uh yeah 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 t-shirt idea for you exactly you know, so I do hunt in Crocs, American flag Crocs specifically. I've killed two years in a row in them, so they must be lucky. But, um, so it is pouring rain and it is hailing. And, uh, I blew a couple of stocks and I mean, I was one of them, I was 10 yards from a buck, but there was no shot. I mean, 
I cut him off perfect. I got in the wash, waited for him to come down, and I don't know if he got my wind or what. Something sent him the other way, blew at me, took off running, and, I mean, I was shaking like a leaf because I knew this was a dead deer if he stepped out. Uh, well, didn't step out. Really nice three-by, and he turned up the hill and ran. So then uh, I spot a nice fork and a spike, and I go after them raining hailing and it probably took me an hour and a half to make this stock and i was probably within 60 yards but they were just covered in ocotillos and does and i was of course going for the fork but i wanted a meat buck and uh i go back to my truck and you know you can you can see it on our tiktok or whatever I, there's videos of it i'm just drenched uh covered in mud covered in rain and my socks are wet because I hunt in Crocs. Uh, and I'm just covered in miserable. And I was like, you know what? I'm done. I call my buddy. I was like, dude, I'm done. And he's like, stick it out. I was like, I'm, it's literally hailing and raining and muddy. He's like, stick it out. I was like, all right. He's like, you drove all the way to Arizona. On your last day, you're really going to quit at 1.30 p.m. because of some rain and hail? I was like, yeah, I am, but I didn't, I, and I knew I wasn't going to. I was just upset because I blew a stock, and it was nasty weather. So uh, I'm driving out to a point, and I drive up, and then I start glassing uh, from my truck, which, call me a road hunter, say what you will, it was just too nasty, and they weren't my binos, so I didn't want to ruin them in the rain or anything like that. So I'm glassing from inside my truck. And I spot a herd of mule deer, uh, quite a few does and a nice, nice deer. Couldn't tell what he was. Uh, there was also a fork. So I start my stock and uh, get out of the truck, leave everything except my bow, my binos, and my rangefinder, which is all in my harness. And uh, I'm literally on my, like, elbows in my knees crawling through this mud and uh mind you i saw this deer like a mile away 1.1 miles away i turn on my tracker which if you didn't know on onyx there's a tracker mm -hmm. i turned on my tracker and i start tracking my hike uh because normally what i do when i get within like 100 to 200 yards i kick my crocs off so i'm in socks so i'm super quiet because in socks a you're gonna watch your step because mm -hmm. uh, you don't want cactus in your feet and B, they're just quieter than shoes are. Uh, so that is my reason behind Crocs. However, two years in a row, I ended up just keeping my Crocs on. Um, but I turn on my tracker, and that's where I like know where I kick my, my Crocs off or my pack, wherever I drop it, whatever. So um, I get within like 200 yards, and I pop up, and I just start glassing. I want to put eyes on them, make sure they're in the same spot, tons of does. And then uh, I see this deer. And... I mean, he's a main frame five by five with trash. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is going to be good. And uh, so I get back down, I'm crawling literally through like mud on my hands and knees. My bow is just trashed in mud, brand new bow. And uh, I get to where there's a shot. I range it at 18 yards. It's a doe. I range her at 18 yards and I knew the buck was right behind her. So I stay down, I clip on, I draw back, and I pop up, 
and that buck just stares me in the eyes. Uh, but it was at 18 yards and it was just too late and I freaking drilled him and, uh, they all took off running bunch of does, all this stuff. And I didn't see, uh, where he went down. I backed out immediately, um, because it was too good of a buck to risk. I call my buddy and I'm shaking, dude. Like my teeth are chattering. I call him. I said, dude, I killed a nice deer. And he's like, okay, whatever. I was like, no, seriously. He's like, okay, well I'm off work in like an hour. I was like, okay, I'll wait. I was like, I'm not going back in there. I'm not going back in there. I'm waiting till you get here. Uh, and I actually drove all the way to his house, which was like an hour away. I knew the deer was fine. I knew no one was going to find it, especially where I was. So I drove an hour back to his house, got a change of clothes because like I said, I was soaking wet and uh, muddy and nasty. So he gets to his house and we drive separate. Uh, all the way out there because he was going to try to hunt a little bit before uh, last light because it was his last day to hunt for the season as well. We find the deer. I find the deer. I went tracking it. He was glassing for his own buck. And uh, I call him. I say, I found it. He's like, all right, well, uh, send me a Snapchat. So I send him a Snapchat of it. And I don't send him a good one. I just send him a Snapchat of antlers, you know, um, because I am finally have my hands on this deer. I know he's good. I know he's going he's a big buck. And, uh, so I gut him out and then he comes down and helps me to pack him out because it was quite a pack. And, uh, so he's like, dang, like this is a good buck. And, uh, yeah, it was our last night. And I text some people. I'm like shot a meat buck on my last night. Wish I could have killed a good deer, you know, like just messing with them. And, uh, we get out and he's broken off but he's still a mainframe five by five with four kickers on one side and another one on his left side. Uh, we cut him out, quarter him out, do all that. I call Arizona or I call Texas uh, because some States you cannot cross state lines with meat unless mm -hmm. they're uh, deboned or like yeah. processed and all this stuff. So I'm calling it's, it's 11 o'clock at night and I have to leave at two in the morning. I'm trying to figure out what I can do and who I can call. Uh, so I tag it. Uh, we hang up the meat, rinse it out. I leave his house, uh, drive back to Texas. And the first place I stop when I get into Texas is a butcher, which normally I process all my own meat, but I stopped at a butcher. Um, and dude, this deer was nasty, ruddy, pissy. And after listening to your podcast, I wish I would have taken a syringe and kept some of this stuff. After listening to uh, Mountain Man 33 or whatever his name is, yep. uh, uh, who Tro I follow now, Troy, Troy, Troy yep. Yep. yep, I wish I would have, I listened to that one after I did this or else uh, I would have been more prepared um, to make my own scrapes here in Texas, but yeah, so drop him off at a butcher, uh, they weighed, they weighed just the meat, 144 pounds. Wow. That's, that's no antlers. That's no guts. That's no yeah. skin. I already caped him everything. That's just four quarters and a carcass, you know? So, uh, we got, I think we got 84 pounds of ground, just like not counting back straps, not counting anything like that. Mm -hmm. Just ground meat was 84 pounds, but he was a huge deer with a big swollen neck and, uh, he is broken. He went 177 inches and three eighths uh broken he 
probably had nine to 10 inches broken off on that main uh, tine. So he would have went in the high 180s. Uh, so you're going to have but, him, uh, you're going to do a Euro mount, or did you say you caped him out? You're going to have a. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I caped him mount. out. I'm going to shoulder mount him. Uh, I mean, it's a once in a lifetime buck, especially with all the trash he has. Like, even if I kill something bigger, this just main frame and stuff, you know, cool. But no, he just has kickers everywhere and trash everywhere. And uh, the experience and the story behind it and how hard I hunted for him and all that. Uh, yeah, no, he's getting, he's getting shoulder mounted. I already got the meat back, but I'm not getting the shoulder uh, mount back for a while. And this is my third shoulder mount. Um, I have two white tails shoulder mounted, uh, both killed in Texas, but this will be my first Arizona shoulder mount. I've killed a couple deer in Arizona, but this is my first shoulder mount. So uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, American Country Outdoors. Can you kind of explain um, how you started <laughs> that and kind of the yeah what what you kind of hope to accomplish with it or what you got kind of going on? Yeah. Over there? So so the long term goal is uh, as much as I dislike high fence hunting, the main goal is you know to offer videography for. Uh, like those lawyers and hunters who aren't real hunters that pay to hunt on high fences and sorry if I offend someone, but uh, you know, they pay big bucks to hunt those deer and they don't even keep the meat. They donate the meat uh, back to the ranches and stuff like that. So uh, the long-term goal is to offer video footage for them because they pay a premium for that stuff. And there's a market for it, believe it or not. But uh yeah, we, we originally started by just kind of posting hunting pictures and trail cam photos because, I mean, in Texas, we run tons of photo, uh, tons of cameras and we probably get seven to 8,000 photos a month. Uh, yeah, a month and uh, tons of footage and pictures and videos. And we just wanted to start sharing it and posting it. Um, and then my buddy has a marketing degree, uh, almost a marketing degree. I think he's in his senior year. And so he started kind of looking at some butchers who didn't have websites. So we kind of started talking to them about making some websites for them uh, and some other military individuals that opened their own businesses that didn't know about uh, websites. So right now we, we just kind of do marketing and make websites. Uh, but our long-term goal is to get into the videography side of hunting and record other people's hunts. We do record our own already. Uh, we have tons of footage that uh, we've put a javelina hunt on YouTube and a couple of other videos and reviews. But I killed a nice 11-pointer on video, and we haven't posted that. Uh my buddy killed a doe on video. We haven't posted that. We killed an axis doe on video. We put it on TikTok, but we haven't posted the real video. Tons of footage that we just, you know, we had kids and stuff. And it's no excuse. You have a kid uh, and you're doing podcasts and still putting stuff on YouTube. But uh, he's uh, in the police academy right now uh, to be a cop. And he's prior military and I'm prior military and I just moved. So we just have a lot of life stuff going on. Like everyone, you know, I'm not making excuses. Everyone has these things going on. We've been lazy. So we haven't gotten our footage all on YouTube like we should have, but uh, 
because of you, we opened up a or made a TikTok and we've been posting on TikTok. We had a couple of videos uh, that went pretty nice, but I was so against TikTok at first because of all the girls on there. And I didn't want my wife thinking I was just on there looking at chicks shaking their butts because that's all that's on there. Uh, but, you know, the algorithms, if you only like hunting videos, that's what's going to show up for you is hunting videos and fishing videos and stuff like that. So uh, we've made a TikTok. Mm -hmm started liking and only sharing hunting stuff and it's been great dude i mean in like a week we've gained like 215 followers which is uh, you can't do on another website uh real quick can you uh throw your phone in your lap and kind of get in some vibration from the from oh, the desk my bad man it's all good I'll just, no i'll um, just unplug it and throw it on the uh so on the ground so just just back to tiktok yeah i i uh i was super against it too and i ended up downloading it. I, I heard about like kind of how much organic reach and everything mm -hmm. you could get from it. And I just started posting hunting content too. And, and like you said, the algorithm builds and next thing you know, that's all you uh, see in your feed. So yeah, if you're, if you're watching girls shake their ass um, <laughs> quite frequently, then that's, then that's probably going to be what shows up. So uh, yeah. if your wife goes and scrolls on your TikTok and she so, sees either, either deer or girl shaking her ass, uh, she'll know if you're guilty or innocent. No, no, I'm not. I'm not worried about that. You know, it, it just was like, that's all that shows up. But what does make me mad is there are girls who are under 18 and they're showing tits and ass on there and they don't get blocked. But how is it that I show a dead deer? I don't show myself killing the deer. I just show a nice set of antlers and I get blocked. I've had four or five videos blocked on there and it's literally just deer antlers. Like it is yeah. deer antlers and I get blocked. And then I get so frustrated that there are 16, 17 year old girls. Matter of fact, no, there are 14 year old girls on there. I know posting stuff that they should not be posting and they don't get blocked. Like yeah. that should not be allowed on the internet, but here so, I am posting antlers. Anybody that's not familiar with TikTok, it's basically short videos that you post. It's very similar to Vine, something that was popular probably uh, 2013 or so. But they also have a live feature like they do on Instagram and Facebook. And you can kind of scroll different live feeds. Mm -hmm. And I often see girls on there um, wearing um, very little Scandalous. clothing, um, <laughs> yeah. working out or whatever, uh, basically fishing for likes. And uh, yep. you can kind of do tips and 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 gifts and stuff on there. And I've really wanted to do, um, I've got actually, uh, uh, a wild pig skull that I was going to kind of Euro mount and take to work, just something to hang mm -hmm. up cool at work. And I've been really yep, yep, wanting yep. to do that on a TikTok live, but I know, um, I know these girls, you know, are half naked on there or whatever. And I, and I just can't get by with doing like a skin and a, a pig skull and, and nope. cleaning it up Dude, you'll get banned kind of you'll a, get banned yeah so that's offensive that's offensive it's uh <laughs> it's constantly a, a battle yeah. and i'm on my second tiktok account after almost being banned on the other one um yep. so we battle with that but we're gonna keep, oh, keep so on the tiktok but it's so easy you know to meet the community and reach the people you want to reach on there but you know uh i don't know if we already mentioned go wild on here i think we yeah. did but uh you know, go wild is just awesome. It's uncensored hunting. Uh, it's a hunting Instagram essentially, and you can post your trophies and you get free stuff for posting and coupons. So people who are listening to this, that 
and I'm not an advocate for them, uh, but, you know, go, go on to go wild, download, go wild. And also uh, put hunt the wild podcast. I, I believe you get 10%, right. For putting yeah. Hunt the yeah. podcast. Yeah. yeah so. I recently picked up uh, go wild as a sponsor. Um, it awesome. just kind of, kind of happened out of the blue, but I was super happy when they asked me to do it. Um, it was a no brainer for me because um, I had heard of the app probably a year ago or something. I think there was an ad or a sponsorship from the hunting public on one of their shows or yeah. um, something, but you know, you hear ads and you're just kind of like, Oh, it's an ad or whatever. So I guess I just kind of blew it off. But, um, I ended up meeting, um, some of the guys that go wild and, and downloading the app and man, I'm just consumed with it. I, I absolutely love it. I love being able to post post. And it's not real social media. It's not like social media. It's like, it's hunters meeting hunters. That's all it is. I mean, that's how we met, you know, and I've met, I met a guy who invited me to go uh, duck hunting. He has a, a boat and a couple of dogs, and he invited me to go duck hunting uh, here in Texas and return uh, next January. When I go to my Arizona trip, I just take him with me. He's like, I don't even have to kill anything. I just want to go with you. And in return, uh, I'll take you duck hunting here in Texas. And I was like, okay. And he's like, yeah, like so next duck season, which is before archery season in Arizona for me, uh, he's like, I'll hit you up and we'll go duck hunting, you know? So, I mean, you can build connections and it's crazy. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of times you'll notice, um, even just in the hunting community, you'll, you'll get people that fight back and forth over different gear Mm -hmm. over, uh, different people's different ethics, uh, on TikTok or Facebook or Instagram, but on go wild, I'll have to say the time that I've been on there, I haven't had one negative comment. I haven't had any negative nope. feedback. Um, it just seems like everybody there is there for the right reasons. And yep. uh, it's um, positivity and you know, it's the outdoor community and it's not the outdoor community that bashes you for using a single cam bow or why do you use this type of binos? Like, you know, they, they don't bash you for killing a spike. They nothing like that. It's like, they're just happy to see outdoors post and it not be censored. And, you know, I think that's why we're all on that app. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a great app. Um, they, they do sell stuff on there. Uh, like Kurt mentioned, 10% um, use code. Uh, uh, I believe it's H T P hunt the wild podcast, or it might be H T W. Um, but it, it's you, you actually, need to look. It, you it, need to make sure you get your code yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's in the, uh, intro actually to this okay. podcast. So you'll hear that, but, um, it's 10% off, uh, your first order, but they do offer, um, as you post pictures and stuff on there, you get points and you do, you earn actual free stuff. And yeah. I mean, free stuff as in no shipping, no hidden costs, no nothing as you no, earn points. Zero dollars and zero cents. And it the, comes to your doorstep. They the I've gotten a, a shirt, I've got sticker packs yep. from them. Yep. Um lots of great discounts on um I don't want to push push an ad too long on here. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um there there's ton, tons of stuff, discounts on gear. It's so, definitely worth looking into. Yeah, so like so like you're saying, I don't want to push an ad either, uh, especially not even for myself, but uh I bought a tripod off there because my tripod uh, is old and worn out and I bought a vortex tripod and 
I got it from posting. I posted enough and I got a discount code for 50% off of Vortex of 50% off Vortex item. Yeah. Well, this Vortex item was $699, $699, and it was on sale for $499. And in addition, they still let me use my 50% off coupon. Mm-hmm. And I paid no shipping and it came to my doorstep and it is an awesome tripod. So like, it's just mind blowing, man. It's just an app for hunters, but you know, like, like you said, let's get off that topic. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. push it too hard, but it's, I only push it because it's like awesome for our community. So what's your plans for 2022? You're going to travel quite a bit. I know you mentioned yes. you're going to go to Illinois. Uh, you got any other States lined up? Yeah. So, uh, New Mexico is a no bonus point state. I put in for pronghorn. I put in for mule deer, uh, rifle tag actually, uh, surprisingly. Um, but I put in on a group tag for that one with a buddy of mine and then, uh, archery elk, uh, put in for Arizona elk, Arizona pronghorn. Um, definitely going to go in January for over the counter. Uh, the other co-owner of American country outdoors, we're looking at, uh, so we haven't looked strongly into Colorado, but his in-laws live in Colorado. So I think that's going to be on the list in the next year or two. Um, we're going to Illinois. Uh, his family's from Iowa. So we're definitely strongly looking into Iowa. Um, and then after listening to your podcast, you know, I'm kind of looking into Pennsylvania uh, mm-hmm. because this sounded pretty fairly priced and pretty cheap. And, uh, you know, I used to be super work driven and I wanted the big job and the big bucks and making all the good money. Um, and then after my grandpa's kind of worked their whole life and after one year of retirement, they both passed away. Uh, well, one's still sick. I can't say he passed away, but he's not doing great. Um, but after one year of retirement, you know, they both got extremely sick and one passed away and one is in hospice. So you, you know, you know what hospice is. That's, Sadly, that's where you go to die. Um, but I'm not willing to work my whole life and not get to do the things that I love. So uh, as of last year, I re-geared and I'm going into hunting more. Uh, and I'm going to make sure I hunt every state. Uh, you and I were texting Kentucky. I'm dead serious about it. I, I will put Kentucky on my list this year or next year. The uh, I don't even have to have PTO. I'll take unpaid time off. I'm, I'm hunting. Uh, that's my passion and that's what I'm going to do. And as long as my bills are paid, then I think I should be able to do that. You know? Yeah, definitely. So, um, are you, I know you hunt out West a lot. Um, yep. have you ever sat in a tree stand? Okay. So I've killed out of a, I killed my first buck, which <sighs> hold on. Let's He's a big one. Let's see it. Uh, <laughs> A little bitty seven point, which I guess some people might not count. Eh, I guess oh, you have to count countable. that. It's countable. It's countable. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, a little seven point and he went 86 and this is before I knew how to actually measure. So I put 86 and a half inches. So what's half in, in eights? It's four eights, I guess you would yeah. say. Uh, 86. And that was in... Uh, 8 November 2018 with John, uh, who's my big hunting partner and all that. Uh, still has the tag on him. I built it out myself. 
this was my first archery buck. Not my first buck, but my first archery buck. And it's not uh, a bad buck. No, definitely not. I shot him at 52 yards, uh, wow. and he did not go five yards. I mean, he dropped like a rock. Uh, I pulled back. He was at 30 yards. I pulled back, and he was chasing a doe. He was hot in the rut. My buddy was sitting next to me, and I said, uh, he, he ran up around this little tree. I said, range him. He said, 52. <laughs> Perfect shot. Dropping like a rock. Stand? Ground blind. And, Ground uh, blind. yeah. And then out of the exact same ground blind, my buddy killed a 105-inch buck 10 minutes. No, okay, not 10 minutes. 30 minutes before that. Out of the same blind, same day, killed a buck. He drug his buck out set it aside and came back into the blind to help me uh, for the rest of the day. Cause it was our last day of the hunt. But um, no, I've, I've sat in tree stands. Uh, my dad killed a Turkey with me sitting right next to him out of a tree stand. Um, I've killed turkeys, but always in ground blind with a bow. Like I've just never been, I've never killed anything out of a tree stand. Scared of heights? Only, no, absolutely no. not. Uh, I want to get into saddle hunting now that I'm back in Arizona, but I mean, now that I'm back in Texas, I've just been spot and stock. I love spot and stock. Um, ground blinds are boring. I play phone games and people may bash me, but take me on one-on-one on spot and stock. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll put, I'll put my monies in there. Uh, I'm, I'm sure spot I just get bored in, in blinds now. I'm sure spot and stock can be done in Indiana and Kentucky kind of mm-hmm. where I hunt, but um. I mean, there's it can be done of, anywhere. There's a lot of thick, and it would be kind of tricky. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, if you get a saddle, or um, I'm gonna rock a saddle this year. Um, but I got yeah. a, a climber, a hang on. If you come to Kentucky or Indiana, we can try to hit some public sometime and uh, get you in a tree stand and oh yeah, dude, I'm, feel out what all that's yeah. about. I don't even want to so, hunt. I just want to film. Yeah. So I've actually uh, to practice shooting out of a tree stand. I heard you have to like bend at the hips. Yeah, you know, so just, you like, lean over. Yeah, so I shot wanna... off of my roof. I've shot, I've shot targets off of my roof uh, just to practice that. Uh, How that feels? I, I, I was pretty accurate. I was more scared yeah. about falling off the roof because I wasn't an artist. Yeah. But uh, you know, that's how they say to practice is get up there and actually do it. And I made good, accurate shots. Uh, those are twenty-yard shots, and I'm used to shooting a little bit further range. So uh, I definitely want to do that. But I've done tons of ground blind, tons of spot and stock. Uh, tons of just sitting in the grass and making my own blind, uh, but never, never hunted out of a tree stand. Ever, uh, ever thought about coming to Indiana? You, you tell me you have a, a spot and I'll come to Indiana this year. And I, <laughs> that's not me talking out of my behind yeah. on, cuss on your podcast. That's not me talking out of behind. I'll be there. Because uh, we we're uncensored here. <laughs> All right, well, that's not me talking about it in my ass. I'm coming. If you tell me you got a spot or I'm welcome there, I'll be there, man. Uh, yeah. I'm, even if it's just for a doe, uh, I'll, I'll save for it. Money's not the issue. I'll make sure I, you know, I budget for that. I won't eat out. I won't buy that McDonald's or whatever you want to say, and I'll make sure I have the money to hunt. Uh, yeah, there's so. a there's a decent uh, piece of of public land, um, that I actually haven't ever hunted about an hour North of me. Um, who's your national forest. Mm. I've hunted, I've hunted 
quite a bit of public around me, but um, that's something that I've been wanting to check out maybe with another person, but uh, yeah, yeah. There, there's quite a bit of deer killed up there every year. And um, it's a vast place. I mean, you can, I'm sure you're yeah. used to, to pretty vast areas, but up there you can get lost. So um, yeah, there's definitely potential to kill monsters up there. A lot of people, Indiana, I feel like is a very overlooked state. A lot of people have been attracted to Kentucky for the velvets and uh, yeah. Illinois yep, for yep. the giant bucks, but uh, mm -hmm. there, there's some big deer. I, I believe um, it's the new, is it typical or non-typical was shot in Indiana this year? Um, shot with a crossbow. Um, I think I saw that actually on uh, the book of faces. I believe that's where I saw it. I, I'm yeah, pretty sure that's uh, where I saw it. A few hours North of me, but yeah, Indiana, yeah. they grow big bucks. I'm not sure what out of state, tags cost but uh, i mean we can get it lined honestly out. there's there's big bucks in every single state yeah it's just are you willing to put in the time are you willing to put in the efforts and if people say they don't have big deer in their states that's because they shoot babies and i mean trust me i was gonna shoot a fork this year like i said i was willing to shoot that fork i want to meet for my freezer um i do target big deer but uh i'm willing to shoot a meat buck if i have a, if i only have one tag i'm not gonna go tag soup i'm taking yeah. something home um and i know you can't shoot big deer if you shoot little ones so i don't do that at the beginning of the season and i know people say don't shoot wait don't shoot don't pass on the first day we'll shoot on the last day but i'm not of that mindset uh, i go for the big ones at the beginning and then when it's coming time to go home i'm i'm taking meat home period uh that's what i do yep that's what yep. i do um, I hard for the big ones, but then when it's meat time, I'm not going home with an empty cooler. Yeah. I mean, when it, oh. when it boils down to it, um, for me anyway, uh, meat definitely is, is top priority. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely yeah. do want to kill a big buck, but like you said, I, yeah. I'm not going to eat tag soup. I'm going to shoot a spike or a fork if it comes down to it. Now I haven't yeah. had to do that in the recent years. Um, yeah, me too. But, me too. but I definitely am not against it. So can you kind of tell everybody where they can connect with you? Maybe there's some people down yeah. in Texas yeah. or, or Arizona where you go, or maybe you're going to travel to Illinois mm -hmm. and somebody's going to be around that area. Um, but tell everybody where to, connect with you where to find you if they have questions if they want to want to hook up with you maybe have you film their hunts yeah i mean i'll i mean i'll even film hunts for free man uh we that's that once we want that to be our business in the future but right now it's not and we have nice recording gear really nice recording gear um i personally hate self-filming my partner loves self-filming <laughs> uh so i'm i'm trying to shoot a buck and if i'm not getting it on camera well, I'm shooting the buck. He <laughs> wants to make sure he gets it on camera. So, uh, but anyways, yeah, no, if you, uh, if you look up American country outdoors, uh, with no spaces, uh, we're on Instagram or American country outdoors on YouTube with spaces, which I know it's a little bit confusing, but, uh, TikTok, American country outdoors, no spaces, or you can just search me personally, Kurt box, K I R T B O X. Very simple name. Uh, I mean, link up with me, man. If you're coming to Texas or if you want to go hunt a state, reach out to me. I'm down to hunt any state. Uh, I don't care how hard it is. And I'm just out there to have a good time. And uh, antlers on the wall are definitely a bonus. I want to kill the big bucks. Like I said, I 
target big bucks. I see big bucks every year, but if it boils down to it, I'm shooting whatever I can to put meat in my freezer. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Guys, yep. uh, re- reach out to Kurt. He, uh, he's pretty knowledgeable in hunting and stuff. And, uh, we've, we've talked quite a bit. So, um, yeah, I appreciate you coming on the podcast and taking the time. I know we've had this lined yeah. up for a couple of weeks and, uh, little bit of actually dude a month evening, a but... month now a yeah, month now a i almost month. killed my buck i almost killed my buck a month ago already so yeah uh, time yeah, time definitely. flies but yeah i've been looking forward to doing this show so i'm glad we finally uh were able to get it get it kind of lined out and and get it up yeah. no me too and uh, i definitely look forward to hunting together in the future man i'm i'm very serious about it and uh yeah i look forward to it and thanks cool, for man. having me on Yep. You're welcome. I will, uh, I will catch up with you soon and, uh, uh, stay safe, man. Hey, you too. Thanks, man. Have a All good right. one. We'll see you later, Adam. Hey everyone. Thanks for tuning into another episode of the hunt the wild podcast. If you enjoyed the show and it's brought you some sort of value, I'd love if you could give me a rating and a review. Just a few seconds of your time can help me better understand the type of content you all enjoy, and it would mean the world to me to hear from all of you.